0: Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10:30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. I believe the presence of the Lord is here to heal. And so even as I'm speaking this morning, expect the Holy Spirit just to touch you. Just to touch your heart, your back, your eyes, your ears, whatever organ it is, whatever healing you need, your blood, whatever it is. Just. Just even as the meeting is going on, expect to find that you are healed. Amen. That's a, a wonderful miracle that God does. That you just, you just healed in, in this glory that has been released in the worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, actually, I'm the great-granddaughter of Smith Wigglesworth, <laughs> just to correct that. <laughs> 1 Peter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation. This is a chosen time, UK. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We need to change our language, as the Lord taught us, as I, I told you before, over Bradford. We need to change our language over the UK and begin to declare this is a holy nation. Especially as change is coming in, in government and in royalty, I declare UK to be a holy nation. Amen his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I believe today you will experience the marvels of his light that brings healing. That life and that light dwells in you and develops you in all skill of learning and understanding of wisdom, of enabling, of power, of ability in the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the power of the light that we are talking about today. So get ready for change, Revival Fires. Get ready for change, UK. Get ready for change. In Acts 16:6, 6, it's called the Macedonian call. And uh, Paul was wanting to go to various places and he was planning to go to Asia. And then this is what happened. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him. He was pleading with him Paul wanted to go to Asia, but God gives him a vision of a man saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Immediately, I want to say, get ready for change. And when God reveals to you what that change will be, immediately get ready. You know, when we got the call in uh, November of 2019, please come to Bradford because the owner of the building says he's going to close the building unless a relative of Smith Wigglesworth will come. That is an amazing thing for a Muslim man to say. And and that is the impact of a man of God in Bradford. When I walked into the curry shop, which is right next door to where we are, when we first arrived, and I walked in there and I'm standing at the counter, I'm just waiting to be served. And a a lady's here and the, the man behind the counter looks at this lady and says, do you know who this is? pointing to me. I'm thinking, do you know who I am? (laughs) Do you know who this is? She says, no. He says, this is Smith Wigglesworth's great granddaughter. And I knew what she was going to say. She says, who's he? (laughs) Because the young generation don't know. And he says, don't you know the man who raised the dead, healed the sick, and cast out devils? He, he's a Muslim man. And you know, those people in that curry shop, they absolutely love us. When we got there and we started repairing that building, he would send samosas and curry and we, or pastors from all over heard about it and they would come just to say hello and he would send lunch in. I, I don't know how he saw through the walls of what was going on. But, you know, even to this day, they, they are so friendly to us because of, of the impact of a holy man of God. I pray that every one of your lives will leave an impact wherever you live, in whatever city you are. Go back and just let your life impact your city. So those people around that area, mostly Asian people, they have absolutely studied the life of Smith Wigglesworth and, uh, and, and they stop me on the street and they say, why do busloads of people come here and and go and look at that blue door? Because if we're not there, of course, it's locked. And they don't tell us they're coming. And they're, they're, they're praying, but he says, they're looking at that blue door. What an opportunity I had to tell them about what's behind those blue doors. You know, God was just so amazing when we moved there. Um it was it was quite derelict they had we had opened the church in twenty nineteen uh, and for another pastor and he'd called and said i'm not well i'm I'm giving the church back and you know when we got that call, immediately Abe and I felt this is God um and when we walked in there they they had done some um upgrading in the main hall, but There was a lot of work to do. And we got a builder in there. My son Peter came over. We got a builder in there and we got a quote for every room. And you know, our thought was, we'll just perhaps invite people to to give to a room. Maybe somebody could fix this room or somebody could fix that room, different prices for each room. And so I sent out a letter telling them what had happened. And a farmer from Texas came back to me. He said, you'll have the whole amount in one week's time. Hallelujah. You know, our our, our needs are supplied according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. So we went to our board, Abe and I, and we said we've had this call and we feel that it's God that we should go to, to Bradford in England. And you know, my son, Peter, he he's the pastor there at the church. And uh, he looked at us, he said, mom and dad, England is not on our radar. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't say anything. We, we just said, well, let's pray about it. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he went down to a conference in the Cape. Those people couldn't possibly have heard anything about what our little board in, in, in Johannesburg was praying about. Um, and and a prophet got up in that meeting. Peter was sitting at the front, and he just looked at him, and he said, Peter, God says don't turn a deaf ear to the UK. The next, the next meeting, another prophet was in the meeting that wasn't there the night before. And he got up, and he looked, and he said, Peter... God says, don't turn a deaf ear to the UK. (laughs) Peter, before the meeting was even finished, texted us and said, Mom and Dad, you're on the way to the UK. (laughs) God God has his eye on the UK. I've got first hand information. (laughs) God has his hand. God has his hand on the UK. God's ear has heard a cry. Like in the days of Moses, when the people cried out. Somewhere in the UK, and I believe it's everywhere, intercessors have been on their knees. And I want to tell you today, England, oh, England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, God has heard your cry and revival, the greatest revival this world has ever seen is about to break out because God has not turned a deaf ear to the UK. Oh, stand on your feet, give glory to God. He's heard your prayers. before. It's a move of God. It's a move of the glory of God. And the glory of the Lord shall come upon you and people will be healed in the presence of the glory. And you will see people getting out of wheelchairs. You will see the blind see. You will see the lame walk. You will see the deaf hear. It is a move of a mighty we will not try and make it like any other outpouring. But we will allow the Lord God Almighty to come. And we shall stand in his presence. And up. there is going to be a release of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And it will usher in a great, a great time of holiness before God. There shall be a great time of repenting before the Lord God Almighty. I tell you baptism lines will be so long as people come to get baptized in water because they're going to say, I am dead to my old life. I want to rise again into new life and I want to be ready when the Lord Jesus comes again. I will go with him. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an amazing day we live in. You are a chosen generation. Hallelujah. And don't be surprised if you have a visitation from God causing you to change. You might say, that's not on my radar, but God will send a prophet to say, don't turn a deaf ear. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, when when God calls you and desires change, it, it's like when you go round a roundabout. You know, we're not used to roundabouts in, in South Africa. There's one or two, but not many. And they're only about this big, you know, when they, when we do have one. So, in England, roundabouts are everywhere. We had to learn, you know, you, you have to learn to, to make sure you look right. And then they go that way, and they go that way, and, and you don't know. And, you know, when I first came to England, um, we we have a roundabout, and they kind of use our road... To dip in and and kind of go around, especially if it's a big car. And I didn't know this, and there was a big red lorry, a huge red, huge like a fire engine thing. And it was here, and I, and I saw it there, and and it started dipping in, and I thought, oh hooray, it's going that you know that way. And I took off, and it wasn't going that way. It kind of used the dip, and it and it. Yeah, I tell you what, I think me and an angel just avoided that that truck and and i i I learned something that day that you have to be very careful at a roundabout and know know what the car here is about to do the other thing is if you don't move you hold up the traffic behind you and you you know you can now when you first come you're hesitating and you can almost feel the cars like you know, because they're so, you know, you, you get smart and you go, oh, you just go. And so when God calls you, don't hesitate because you're going to hold up other people behind you. And if you don't move, he will, he will take somebody else. Because his heart is, is to reach people in this time. His heart is for souls. It's harvest time. And you know, a, a farmer, he, he, he wants to harvest his crops. And, and if, the, if some of the reapers are ill, he'll call others in to harvest. And, and so we, we, have to be, we have to know the heart of the Father. It's not about us. It's not about whether I I have to relocate. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the heart of the Father for the harvest. There are many thousands of souls that are coming in. Just imagine the day of Pentecost. 120 people in the upper room. They hear the sound. The Holy Ghost comes upon them. Peter gets up and preaches. And 3,000 souls are saved. From 120 to 3,000, are you ready, Revival Church? Are you ready, Revival Fires? Are we ready? And then a few days later, 5,000 men come in. What? Are we ready? That's why we're looking at a bigger building. You know, people are looking at us. You're looking for a bigger building? Well, you know, I'm expecting the 3,000 any day now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah thank you, Jesus. So we have to learn to take our place. Matthew 9, verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now just imagine the scene. It's a tax office. So I don't know if Matthew was alone, maybe he wasn't. Perhaps there were others there. And Jesus comes walking along, looks at Matthew and says, "Follow me." And so he does. Just leaves his office, leaves his papers, put down his pen, and follows Jesus. That's how we have to be. Just say yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And uh, so, follow me. You know, Jesus was not afraid to lead people. Jesus was not afraid to invite people to come and follow him. Because when Jesus says to you, follow me, he has a plan for your life. And it's not a plan that he just made up five minutes ago. It's a plan that he had for you before you were even born. That he wrote the the days of your life, Psalm 139, in a book. And so, sometime in your life, he will always come and say to a person, follow me. And they decide, yes or no. And today, if you have not made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end of this service, I will give you an opportunity to, to allow you to say yes to Jesus and while i'm speaking he will be he will be tugging at your heart and saying i want you to come and follow me so jesus was not afraid to be followed he even said come and see where i live because he had nothing to hide he he allowed people he wants people he says come and follow me he says follow me and that implies Intimacy with Jesus. Follow me means that this is not a statue that we we worship. This is not an image that we worship. This is a a person. a, a, A person who speaks, who sees, who hears, who feels, who breathes, who responds. He is almighty God. He said, follow me. And he is at this time recruiting people. And, and it, he is inviting people. And you know, when he does that, you don't have to fill in an application form. You see, because his computer system is so much greater than ours, you don't even have to sign. All you have to do is speak. And your forms are filled in. All the boxes are ticked. The signature comes at the sound of your voice. That's all he requires from you, a yes, Lord. And so he is inviting us today to follow him. Now, you know, I've been reading through the Bible since 1982 when we were in Bible school in 1981. And we were really challenged to read through the Bible every year. And every year I see things that I hadn't seen the year before. And, you know, I've been going years now. Um, I was reading the other day in Isaiah chapter 7 and I came across verse 9 and it says, if you do not believe, surely you shall not be established. I thought, Lord, when did you put that in there? (laughs) If you do not believe, surely you shall not be established and it really means that unbelief forfeits blessing. It's saying, um, if you make... If you believe the word of God, then you make blessing come upon your life. If you do not believe, you make blessing upon your life impossible. So you see, things, Things. Um, you know, we see like last night we heard testimonies and people healed and giving wonderful testimonies. And, you know, you can stand and think, I wonder if tomorrow morning they'll still be healed. Listen, if you do not believe, you make blessing upon your life impossible. And so Smith Wigglesworth had a wonderful saying, and I've got it written up in my house in South Africa, and it says, only believe. That's all we have to do. When you have a, a situation in your home that is beyond your faith, because, you know, God usually gives you a vision beyond your faith. He, he asks you to do things that you know you can't do. And you can just go and look at that and say, the word of God says only believe. So God knows what he's doing with me and he won't give me things that I don't know how to do because he knows that there are things in me that I think I can't do that he knows he can do. It's, you can do. it's, it's like a, a parent that will look at a child and decide, now this child, this child can start learning to ride a bicycle. And the child will look and say, I can't ride that bike, Daddy. And Daddy will say, yes, you can. I'm going to show you how. So whatever the call is, whatever the shift, whatever the invitation is that is going to come to your life, whether you feel like you can do it or not, only believe. Because you have a Father in Heaven that will teach you to do everything that you need to do. And so in my diary, that book, that day last week, I wrote this. I believe in dreams and visions. I believe in angelic visitation. I believe in signs and wonders. I believe in healings and miracles. I believe in the word of God right down to the last full stop. And I signed it in my diary. And I said, there we are, Lord. I've set my life up for blessing." I've set my life up for the impossible. Amen. So in John chapter 5, we have the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. I'm going to read it to you because um, some people may not know the whole story. So after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water. You know, in Bradford, we, we walk down to the center where, where there's a speaker's corner. It's called speaker's corner, and you're allowed to go there and, and, and speak and preach and sing. And But to get there, we, we go under, a, I think it must have been a railway line, and and there's porches like this, like this. And when you look in there, You see, people are sleeping in those porches. Drug addicts, alcoholics, broken people, they're in those porches, sleeping in tents. And it reminds me of this this Bethesda, five porches, blind, lame, paralyzed, drug addicts, alcoholics. But, you know, God is moving. They're waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, the, that meant only one person that got in there first You know, even if they had somebody watching day and night and the angel is here, the angel is here. The one that got in there first was healed. The others had to go back to their porch. There was a man there who had an infirmity for 38 years. He never got there first. 38 years he was waiting. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That is the question. Do you want to be made well? What is the want in your heart? This has been so highlighted for us where we are in Bradford because there are so many people under addiction, but they don't really want yet. They, they can't imagine being able to manage with, without that. And when we say, do you, do, you, do you want to be made whole? They're like, can you just give me money for more and I'll be okay. I remember once praying in a prayer line and, and there was a man in a wheelchair and, uh, and I was about to pray for him and he said, um, if I get healed, do I have to come off benefits? Wow. I was, I was astonished. I said, I, I, think, I think you do. You'd have to be honest about it. And he said, I'm fine. Wow. Do you want to be made whole? I can tell you, it's so much better to be on whole, to be made whole and be able to work. And don't worry about the benefits because we have benefits in the kingdom of God that can send us checks that will pay for a whole house to be built. Hallelujah. Don't worry about that. We... Jesus died so that we can be made whole, so that we can be well. Amen. And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. This, this makes me so sad. But of course, I understand the situation because if, if you were determined to get that man whole and he had to be put into the water before he could be whole, you would have to sit next to the water with him 24-7, and you don't know when the angel's coming. So you would have to stay there day and night. Day and night could be months. And he didn't have somebody with that kind of compassion. And so he couldn't get into the water. But Jesus comes along, and I want you to notice this. Jesus didn't put him into the water. You know, I've been to so many places where they, they, they have the water. And before they pray for the sick, they, they put them through the water. Have you seen that? And, and so Jesus didn't put them in the water. Because he just simply spoke and he said, Arise, take up your bed. And walk. Just speak the word, Lord. I want to say to everybody under the sound of my voice here, arise. Arise. Be healed. Be whole. Be set free. If you have any addictions in your life, I break the chains over you right now. In Jesus' name, be free. Be free. Let it go. You know, we we had a lady and um, she was listening to the preaching and so she said in her heart, she said, when I walk out the door, that will be my commitment to God. No more cigarettes. When I step over that threshold outside, that's it, she said. She she drew a line in the sand. And... uh, I did, of course I didn't know about it it was going on in her heart but you know when she stepped out the door she stepped out and that was it was gone hallelujah do you want to be set free do you want to be made whole because I want to tell you today the provision for every healing every sickness every addiction is right here in this room today for you. To be set free, so I say to you, arise, take up your bed and walk, in Jesus' name. And so, um, I'll I'll just leave the story there. Uh, that that man was wonderfully healed. He, you know, he stepped out of poverty, he stepped out of bitterness, he stepped out of lack. He he stepped into provision. He stepped into healing. He stepped into a brand new life. And that's what we want for everybody here. When change comes, you have to arise. And when you arise, God then equips you with everything you need for the change. When, When we came to Bradford, we had to arise. But, you know, God was there. In fact, it was right here. In the parking lot, that I saw a green car, <laughs> and the amazing thing was, in earlier in the year, in in November of that November, I had had a dream, and I was given car uh, uh, keys for a car, and in my dream it was a green car, and I was given keys, and I it was and I was told these are the keys for a car in the UK. And I didn't know what it meant. You know, I just wrote it down in my dream book. Keep a dream book. You know, you can have a dream, and if you don't write it down, it's gone by lunchtime. So you, I just wrote it down, didn't know what it meant, didn't mean anything. I had no leap in my spirit. You know, we were, we were talking today about the, the leap in your spirit. I didn't have a leap in my spirit. I had, I had absolutely no revelation on it. I was happy where I was. I was happy with what I was doing. I was traveling a lot. And I was enjoying it. And 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 Abe was traveling and and our children had taken over the church and 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 you know, life was good. So, a green car, keys for the UK, put it on the shelf, close the book. And I come to revival fires, and we're in the parking lot, and Peter says, Look, Mom. Here's the car that that we've bought for for Bradford. <laughs> I'm thinking it's a green car. This must be God. This must be God. Every provision was made. Was it somebody in this church that we bought the car from? Is that was that? Oh, thank you to the local garage. You know that green speaks of life. Amen. And I love the green car. wouldn't have been my choice, but I absolutely love it. Because when I walk out of Mount Morrisons and there's a sea of cars, I say, that's the one. <laughs> I can see it. So Philippians 3.13, and this scripture has come a lot, come, it's been quoted a lot In this conference, and it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, this is the Amplified, forgetting what lies behind, I am reaching forward to what lies ahead. Amen. When you get up in the morning, don't go over the past. You know what my mom taught me? From being a little girl, she taught us. She said, go to bed and then go through your day. And as you go through your day with the Lord, if there's anything that ha- you think, you know, oh I met I met Sally and Janet today. Ah uh, don't feel I don't feel quite right. Then you say, Lord, what is it? And then he might say, you know, you were a bit sharp with them. Or they said something to you and you took offence. And then she said, just, just repent. Let it go. Don't go to sleep with offence. And if you need to make a phone call and say sorry to somebody, just write it down so you don't forget in the morning. And she said, and you go to bed free every night. Don't you think that's good advice? I still do that. That's just good advice. If somebody's hurt you in the day, you know before you go to sleep forgive them what if you die in the night and you haven't forgiven them oh my goodness we don't want that do we so what you do is just forgive everybody forget the past let it go let it go you know we uh we had some people come in from a- another country and because they'd come so far we said to them would you like to come for lunch and so we went out for lunch and uh and, and you know, like wives are sometimes, she thought this is this is a great opportunity. You know, things have got to be fixed in our house. So she looks at me and she says, "What do you think about a father who won't speak to his son?" <laughs> and I knew what was going on. I thought, <laughs> Help me, Lord! You know, to be wise here. And he said, he said, "Look, it's me." He said, "You know, my son and I." Uh, Something happened and I I just can't let it go. I can't forgive him. And I just looked at him. And this is the power of the word of God. I just looked at him and I said, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he just said, I'm going to go home and put it right straight away. It's so easy. Whatever it is in your life that needs to be put right, it's just so easy. You just do it. And the grace of God is upon it. Run into the space of grace. I love that. Just whatever it is that God is putting on your heart right now. You know, my dad used to say to us, he said, if you go to the supermarket and you're going around the shelves and you see somebody and, uh, and you think, I don't want to talk to them and so you go down the other line he said there's something wrong girls you must put that right and you know i understand that sometimes it's mrs chatterbox and you only have 2 minutes in the supermarket <laughs> but if it's if it's not something like if it's something like i don't want to speak to that person then you go to them and make sure you speak to them and release the love of God to them. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what reaching forward is. Leaving the past behind. And reaching forward. To, to live a holy life for the Lord. We, we were praying in the church one day. We pray at lunch times as we've said. And uh, a couple walked in. I uh, can't remember where they were from. But... They, they walked in and they said, we have come that you would pray the fire of God over us and for more of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so we were praying over them. You know, fire on you, fire on you, fire on you. And and one of the ladies that was with us, she said, I can see fire coming out of your mouths. And as she said that, our fire alarm went off. And within three minutes, a great big red fire engine was standing outside our church. And then the fire men, they were walking in and saying, Where's the fire? Where's the fire? We knew there was no fire, there was only one fire. It's the fire of God that was in that place. But they searched everywhere. They searched every room. There was no fire. And I had my phone and I'm clicking pictures. And I'm saying, they're saying, why are you taking photos of us? I said, because I come from Africa and a fire engine like this would probably take hours to come. And so I'm so impressed with you guys. And that happened just before our son Peter came last month or the beginning of this month, whenever it was, I think it was the end of last month. And we were telling him about it. And so he interviewed some of the people that were in the room. And then he went back to South Africa and he said, I want to tell you what happened in Bradford. And he was talking about the fire engine and the fire and they were looking for the fire. And as he was talking, their fire alarm went off but it was Africa, so no no fire engine (laughs) came. Hallelujah, my sister. Hallelujah. (laughs) The fire of God is real. It's real. In... In our church in Johannesburg, one day we we had uh, we have a school there, and it sort it goes from uh, little creche kids right through to their final year, and one of the fathers was walking their little boy in. He was probably about four, and he looked and he said, "Daddy, look, fire, fire on the roof, daddy, fire on the church roof, daddy, fire on the church roof." His daddy realized immediately. Because he couldn't see the fire, his daddy realized what was going on. And he said, that's the fire of God, son. That's the fire of God. You know, sometimes God opens the eyes of children. May he open our eyes. May we be like children. When that fire alarm went off, we were, we were watching on Zoom when it went off in, in Johannesburg. We were watching on Zoom and we could hear the fire alarm go off. And now, you know, I said to myself, we can say it's a coincidence, but we we must believe it's a God incidence. Do not be unbelieving because you will stop the miracle power of God upon your life. So many things happen, and we say, what a coincidence. Let's start saying it's a God incidence. The green car, it's a God incidence. God loves to to confirm his word with signs following. And he, he, will, he will do that. He will he will Cause you to hear his voice, and it may be a change that's not on your radar, but he will confirm his word with signs following. And so be very alert for things that are happening. You know, we we were taking a, a young lady to um, her her new lodgings, and she was feeling very unsure about whether she was going into the right place. And as we were walking in, she looked across the the, the road, and and on the building was her name. The building was called her name. I mean, is that a coincidence or is it a God incidence? God, God will speak to us if we will be aware of what he's saying because God knows your language. He knows what you need. And so let's be more alert about what God is saying. Would you like to to stand, everybody? If If you'd like to raise your hands, I want to release the fire of God upon every one of you here today. Why do I need the fire of God? Because without the anointing on my life, I can do nothing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And every one of us. Need the fire of God. And you know, it's not just once. The disciples received it in the upper room. But then they got together in a prayer meeting. And they were telling God about what was happening. And the fire of God came. And the walls of the building shook, the Bible says. Isn't it time that we saw such a move of God as that? I'm I'm releasing the fire of God and I want you to receive it tonight in Jesus' name. I put fire on you in Jesus' name. Fire on your heads. Fire in your belly. Fire upon every single one of you. Fire, fire, fire. Fire on the back row there. Fire in the middle. Fire on you in Jesus' name. And may rivers of living water flow from your innermost being. May you you will be amazed at the words that come out of your mouth it's a river of the glory of God that God is releasing and he says it's not just a river it is rivers rivers of living water rivers of healing rivers of miracles rivers of prophecy rivers of living water rivers over your life rivers Let's begin to cry out to God. Oh, we need your anointing, Lord. We need your rivers, Lord. We need your fire over our lives. Oh, we need you, Lord. We desire you. We love you. Oh, we need you, Lord. Let me hear you pray in the Spirit like a mighty roaring river. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I release healing over you in Jesus' name. I release healing over you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Even those who are are watching um, on 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 Facebook or on Zoom in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you I had malaria. I was so ill one day. I switched on the television and there was a man giving a prophecy, a God incidence, and he was saying, "I see somebody with malaria. You are shivering and shaking." You have a high temperature. God is touching you now. God can touch you over Zoom. He can touch you over television. He can touch you over Facebook. He can touch you over YouTube. God has no limitations. Receive your healing now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive your healing in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.